Tell me. Tell me. Tell me that you still need me sometimes. Tell me that I'm not completely crazy. Tell me that I inspire you. Tell me that you forgive me. Tell me you're going to go easy on me. Tell me that I make you proud. Dime que tú me aprecias. Tell me that you love me. Tell me you enjoyed our times. Tell me that you miss me too. Please tell me that I'm doing something right. Tell me that what I do every day matters. Because sometimes I just need to hear it. Because sometimes, because sometimes I just need to hear it. Porque hay veces que no más necesito escucharlo. Sometimes I just need to hear it. Because sometimes I just need to hear it. I would say that's true. Uh, and probably uh, more true than probably children recognize sometimes. A mom always likes to know that she's needed, she's appreciated, and she's loved. And probably all of us who have moms um, probably could do a better job. I'm happy for you too, Marcy, that you can have your parents, the Mannings. Great having the Mannings here. Um, it's, you guys are like family. Pastors are like family. And we're happy for you that you could spend Mother's Day uh, with your mom. Welcome from the north, west, east, west. Um, great to have you with us. I'm also grateful for all the moms that are in this room. Grateful that you're here today. And my hope today is this. My hope is that you walk away today encouraged, um, challenged, that you walk away just feeling loved. And I also hope that all of us who, are, who have moms somewhere along the journey, that we would walk away and say, man, we need to do a better job of honoring our moms and loving them. The world is a better place because of moms. And I just don't flippantly say that. We need your influence. We need your care. We need your nurture. And God knew that too when he thought about that in, in the garden, when husband and wife came together and he said, be fruitful and multiply. He wanted moms and dads in our world. So today, let me begin by saying some of these things. I also realize in this room that there are many hurting in this room. Maybe you've lost a mom. Maybe your mom has passed. And so Mother's Day for you is very, very challenging and very difficult. And so this week, I took time and prayed for you. I don't know exactly who all those people are, but I ask our God and our comforter, the Holy Spirit, to come into your life and bring peace and comfort on Mother's Day. Some of you in this room have lost children. Some have been adult children. Some have been small children. Some have been children, children that have been forming in the womb. And I know today is difficult for you. And so I ask our Savior to do the same for you. Bring comfort, bring peace, bring encouragement, and to walk into your life and be the God that he can be. Some of you in this room have prodigal kids who have walked away. Or maybe in places you don't even know where they're at. And maybe they're in places that you know they're at and they're far away from God. And as a mom, you've been praying and interceding and saying, God, bring my children back home. Bring them back home. This week I took time and prayed for all those children. I prayed that this would be the year. This would be the year of reconciliation. This would be the year when your children come back to Jesus and those truths that you taught them along the way to trust in God and lean not into their own understanding, but to lean on him. This would be the year of restoration and reconciliation. Some of you in this room walk in and this is a great day. You've had a mom that's cared for you and loved you. And yes, she's been imperfect, but you walk in and you celebrate that. You're excited. And maybe you are a mom and you're in here today and you're, you're excited that there's a day set aside for you that you get to remember and spend time with your children. We're all at different places. 
but we have a God that can meet us at every place. And I want to open in prayer with that in mind. Father God, you are the great comforter. God, you are the great healer. You're the redeemer. And so, Lord, I pray that you would meet each mother in this room and each child that maybe lost a mom in this room. I pray that you would meet them at that pain. And God, that, that you would intercede in that dark part of their heart, that place where it's tender and it's, it's, there's, there's wounds there. I pray, God, that you would heal, that you would touch, and that you would replace the pain. I also pray, God, for great courage and confidence. I pray for, for wisdom for moms in this room. And I pray today, God, that moms would feel honored in ways that they've never felt honored before. We just give them to you and we say thank you. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. I would love to walk through this journey today. At first, I'm going to address what our responsibility is as children what our responsibility is from Scripture that says what we're supposed to do for our moms. And then, moms, I want to challenge you through God's Word. But first, I want to begin by saying this. Moms, you are irreplaceable. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you're replaceable. That Don't ever let anyone diminish the value that God has placed on your life. Be a proud mama. This week, I began to search some quotes that, that I thought were meaningful, and I ran across a few regarding mom, and I just want to say a few of them today and just let you feel what we feel about moms and what others have said. One has said this, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. I agree with that. Another quote says this, when you are a mother, you never really are alone in your thoughts. A mother always has to think twice, once for herself and once for her child. Another quote says this, a mother is a person who's seen that there are only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces that she never did care for that pie. A mother is the bank where we deposit all of our hurts and worries. With that being said, let me speak some truths to children today that have moms. Let me encourage you what God says regarding your responsibility and what we're supposed to do with mothers. Every mom will admit, they'll admit that they, if they had a chance to change some things and do some things differently, they would have done so. They're imperfect. We are human beings are imperfect. So we need to extend some grace to our moms, but it, it doesn't work that way. Many moms will say, boy, I wish I, I, I could go back with what I know right now and raise that junior high kid. I wish I could go back and know what I know now and make these decisions, but you just can't. It's this experience that you're thrown into and you got to work your way through and you do the best job that you can do. And there probably are some things you would have done differently. Yet we as children can't always hold that against our mothers. The Bible has something to say what our responsibility to our mothers are. I want you to grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. And our ushers will be glad to place one in your hand. But turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's see what the responsibility of children what God says we should do for our mothers. When you find Ephesians chapter 6, stand with me. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Would you stand and we'll read it together. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. 
Let's read this together. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Ready? Read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on earth. Back to verse 2 and 3 again. Let's read that again. Ready? Read. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You may have a seat. Right away we see that there is a requirement for us as children. It doesn't say you only do this when you want to. It doesn't say you only do this when they do that. There's not this, well, if they do something for you, then you do it back. Over the last four weeks, we walked through a marriage series and we saw clearly that wives are supposed to respect their husbands and husbands are supposed to love their wives. That's the commandment. And here we see it again. Children are supposed to honor their parents, honor their mother. It doesn't say that children are to love their mothers, what you do anyhow, but the commandment in scripture is clear. Honor is the key thing that any child can do for his mother or her mother in regards to Mother's Day. So think about that for a second. If that's the primary requirement of children, how are you doing with that? We're supposed to honor them. Honor means to prize highly, to show respect for, to care for them and their name. It doesn't command us to love, but it commands us to honor. I personally believe that honor begins by the way we choose to talk about them in public. I believe that honor means that we take our words and we speak highly of them and not disparagingly about them. So many children are still harboring ill will towards their mothers. And they carry lack of forgiveness and they wear it on their shoulders and they wear it on their faces. And they walk through this life and they're angry because mom did this or mom did that or didn't do this. The word of God says, drop it. It says to give forgiveness. It says to move on and to honor your mothers. And there's a promise attached to that honor. In fact, over the next 10 weeks, when we begin the top 10 next week, one of the commandments is to honor your mother and father. So we are supposed to honor them. And many mothers have already beaten themselves up enough already with the ways that they've made mistakes. Don't add to that. How about some grace? How about releasing them? Plus, there's a promise attached to honoring your mom. Think about this for a second. Look back at the text. It says, if you honor your mother, in the context of Mother's Day today, it will go well for you. And you may live a long life. I wonder why that is. Have you ever considered why that is? Think about a person who harbors resentment. Think about a person who carries bitterness. Think about a person that just has slander in their lips towards their parent, their mother. Their life sees it. There's a reflection on their countenance, the insides, they're dying. And it says, when you honor your mother, you will do well. You will have a healthy, long life. There's a promise attached to this. And so if you want a healthy, long life, the promise attached is honor your mother so that it will go well with you. So how do you do that? You do it with your words. And when I hear someone speak disparaging about a mom, I call them out if they're a guy. Hey, don't talk about your mom that way, especially in front of me. That's not good. Mom gave you life. And regardless where you stand now with your feelings, honor her. My mom, I talked to my mom this week. 
as I was prepping for this message, it's like, man, I just got to talk to my mom. My mom's in Maryland. She's far away. And so I get to see her once or twice a year. And so on Wednesday of this week, I thought I'd give her a call and just tell her I loved her and wish her happy Mother's Day. So I picked up the phone, and, and I'm, as I'm, I'm talking to her on one side of the phone. She's talking on the other side, and, and, I, and I just said, Mom, you know what? I love you, Mom. And then I'm a blubbering mess. She's a blubbering mess. And there's this pause. Both of us are crying on both ends of this phone. because I love Beth Anderson. She gave me life, and I'm who I am today because of my mom. And I wanted her to know that. Not only do I want to honor her in public, but I want to honor her in her presence. And at the end of this conversation, as I was talking to my mom on the phone, she says this. She says, Jimmy, I just want to let you know. My mom's 74. I'm 50. She says, I just want to let you know. Thank you for being loyal to me all these years. And I said, Mom, you're my mom. I love you, Mom. No, she said, no, Jimmy. You will never know what that means to me, the way you have been loyal to me and always spoken highly of me. Let me tell you, children, that intro video that, They need to know. Tell them. You can never tell them enough. I told this and spoke this to a 74-year-old grandmother of many children of children, 74 years old, and she's on the other end, and I'm on the other end, and she felt the impact of words. Listen, children, don't think that once is enough. Continue to tell them that you love them, that you honor them, that you care for them. Let them know that. It might mean you have to do something like this. It might mean you make a phone call this week. And say, I'm sorry. It might mean you make a phone call and ask for forgiveness. It might mean you send them a text or a letter. It might mean that you're the initiator instead of waiting for them because you've done already and they haven't done anything. Continue to pursue, continue to let them know that you love them, that you honor them, that you forgive them, that you're sorry. Moms already feel like they're a burden to us on many levels. And we ran across a video that I think best demonstrates often how they feel this way. How often do you think your mom feels like a burden to you? How often had you made them feel that way by your presence and by your actions? I want to show you how a mom can feel even in the world of technology. Watch this video.
that impacts me uh, uh, closely. I hope that I'm never a burden to my, or my mom's never a burden to me or feels that way. That would break my heart. And I think across our world, sometimes they, mothers feel like they're burdens to us. Even when it comes to technology, my parents don't have a computer. They don't know how to use email. They don't have phones that text. They don't have smartphones. And they would probably be challenged with VCRs and DVRs. And, but let me tell you, they might, my mom might not have a smartphone, but she's a smart mom. And I let her know that, that you don't need those tools for me to value you and love you. That's just where you're at. And sometimes we have to be careful because as we mature and grow, we think we allow all this technology stuff and, and we think that somehow they don't keep up. Let me tell you, regardless of not whether or not your parents understand technology, it doesn't dismiss the fact that your mom is an incredible mom. So I encourage you, as you think through their lives, make sure that they don't feel like they are a burden to you. We have quite a responsibility in light of that, this Friday, I wanted to honor my mom. And my mom doesn't have face, the Facebook. And, uh, but that's okay. It really is. I choose to send handwritten letters to her. I speak her language in the way that she receives it well. A couple of weeks ago, we wrote handwritten letters to my mom and just told her I love her. And even this week, after I spoke to her on Wednesday, my mom calls back on Friday. I'm in the office and... Uh, I'm writing this message and mom is on the other end and I don't really answer the phone much on Fridays because it's the day I write message. And I looked down at my cell phone and looked at it and I said, mom, it's like, oh man, she's calling on Friday, opened it up and she's on the other end and my mom is crying. It's like, first thing I think my stepfather's not doing well. He's 80 years old. She's on the other end. I say, mom, what's going on? She says, Jimmy. I said, you okay, mom? She said, yeah, I'm okay, Jimmy. I said, what's going on? I said, uh, what's happening? She said, well, my neighbor, who I'm a Facebook friend with, um, was outside and she said, hey, Bev, she said, you need to come over here. I want to show you something. And, and so this past week I had written just a small tribute to my mom, put a picture of her and just told the world that I loved her and I tried to honor her. And I'd never expected her to be able to see that she doesn't have the Facebook. And, uh, but the neighbor caught wind of that. And so my mom walked in the house and she read this tribute that I had written about her. And she's on the other end. And she's just, she's blubbering. She says, Jimmy, thank you for writing that. And I said, mom, I didn't write that so that you would see it. I just wanted the world to know that I think you're an amazing mom. She says, you'll never know what that did for me. She says, you'll never know. I needed to hear that. Even at 74 years old. Our parents, our mothers specifically, need to know that we love them. So we have responsibility as children to go the extra mile. They're waiting for those words. Moms, some responsibilities for you and some things that Scripture is clear about. Moms, your gift of faith is priceless. That's what Christ wants you to pass on to your children. Pass on the faith, the gospel, the seed of the gospel. Pass it on. You could pass on every other thing. You could, and, and nothing would be as valuable to, than to see your children come to Jesus Christ. To pass on the truth. You might not ever see it in your lifetime. But there might come a day when they, they circle around and they say, you know, I remember when mom said this about Jesus. And they come to Christ. Make sure you pass on the hope of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. I want to show you an example of that. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Not 1 Timothy, but 2 Timothy chapter 1. 
I'm going to show you where faith was passed on by a mother. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 3 through 6. This letter was written by Paul to a young disciple who was young in the faith, and Paul was trying to mentor him. And so he writes two letters to him, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And this letter, this is what he said. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve, Paul says, as he's writing to Timothy, as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, Timothy, recalling your tears. I long to see you, Timothy, so that I may be filled with joy. And then he says this in verse 5. I have been reminded of your sincere what? Faith, which lived in your what? Grandmother, what's her name? Lois. And in your what? Mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, Paul said to Timothy, I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. It's a beautiful picture. He says, I'm reminded that there's been this legacy Not only your mother, but your mother's mother. And so there's this picture of a mom passing to a mom, passing to a mom, passing to a kid. There's this picture of faith that's been passed on. And there's this man of God that has this rich legacy of a faithful mom who loves Jesus. Moms, the greatest gift that you could ever give your kids is Jesus Christ. You might not be able to buy them the nicest shoes, the newest technology, the newest possession, the newest car. But if you give them Jesus, you have done well. That's what we're seeing in scripture. So the greatest gift that you can give is Jesus Christ. Paul says, I saw the faith of your grandmother and of your mother. And because of that, wow. Now, here's the other thing that you might not recognize. Timothy's father was a Greek unbeliever. And so Timothy's mother was a believer. So you had this couple that was mismatched. Mom was faithful to Jesus. Dad was a Greek unbeliever. And because of the faith of the mother, Timothy came to Christ. And all across our world are moms that are doing the same thing. Your children need the gift of faith passed on to them. The greatest gift you can ever give is the seed of the gospel. Your child will grow up one day. And we'll live out that faith that you have demonstrated. Mom, another area. Your gift of sacrificial love is priceless. Let me just remind you, and sometimes it's good to be reminded, there are all seasons of life that we walk through. Some are more challenging than others. Some are finding themselves at the far end of the season where their kids are grown and, and, and they're adults and they have children. And so you're finding yourself on this end, mom, where it's difficult because you're seeing the end of, of your life, but it's difficult. And then there's this early season where you're walking through. Let me just say this. There's all the seasons of life with your kids. Enjoy every one of them. Don't try to rush through and say, boy, I wish I didn't have this stage. I can't wait till we get there. Take the moment that God has given you. Enjoy it. Live in it and honor him in it. Quit trying to wish for more or wish this and wish that. Just love it. There are beautiful seasons of life. There's nothing more discouraging to hear, Mom, I wish I had more time for this. And I wish I'd, the kids weren't this age. So I could do that and do it. Listen, God gave you those children. Invest in them. The greatest investment you can ever make is in a relationship and your children. Live in that moment. 
Take care of them. Give sacrificial love to them. I want to show you a text in scripture that came across this week that I've never seen anyone approach from this perspective. It was a fresh thought on my own this week. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 3, and I'm going to show you a perspective of another mother. In the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 3. Please turn there. We often look at this text and we look at Solomon and say, wow, look how wise he is. He was very wise. But we neglect to see something else that's stirring or the context which, of which this comes out of, of two moms. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3. Look at verse 16. And we're going to read through verse 28. 1 Kings in the Old Testament chapter 3 and verse 16. Look what it says. Now to what? What's the word? Prostitutes came to the king Solomon and stood before him. One of them said, my Lord, this woman, I live in the same house and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were what? What's the word? Alone. There was no one in the house, but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. She, so she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning, I got up to nurse my son. And he was what? Dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. Every mama knows her baby. Verse 22, the other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the one dead, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued before King Solomon. So Solomon said, this one says, my son is alive. Your son is dead. Well, the one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king and he gave an order. Cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was filled with what? What's the word? Compassion for her son and said to the king, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. We look at that. We say, that's a wise king. Yes, it is. We also look at that and say, this woman really loved her child. Now pull away for a second. What's the context of this that never has gotten mentioned in any circles I've ever seen? These are two prostitutes. They're living in a brothel. And so while they're living in the brothel at night, she's sleeping with the baby and sleeping with the man. Even women who are at the very lowest, in the darkest of dark, in the most sinful states they are, even this prostitute who lived in the brothel is still called to love on her child and demonstrates love. You got to love that. That's the heart of a mama. Here's the picture. No matter what stage you find yourself in sacrificial love is your primary responsibility. Do whatever it takes so that your child can live. And in this case, this mama knew this. She knew that she didn't have to be right. She only wanted the best well-being of her child. And she was willing to give him or her up so that they could have a better life and live. 
That's sacrificial love. Not once does she think about her own well-being. Beautiful picture of incredible sacrificial love. Don't make your children feel like they are a burden to you. Moms, go the extra mile. Listen, there might be some things that you have to set aside. You might have to set aside your dreams and aspirations for a while. But if you pour into your child, the best investment that you can ever make is in another person. It lives forever. Relationships continue. Don't make your children feel like they're in your way. And you can say it. I watch it happen. I hear moms say, oh, this is so hard. This is so difficult. I can't believe I have to do this. Listen, your kids hear that stuff. You show me a confident child, I'll show you a mom who would do anything to save his or her life. Moms, your gift of confidence is priceless. Let's look at another mom in scripture. Turn to Matthew chapter 20. Pouring confidence into your child is priceless. Watch this mom in Matthew chapter 20. Look at Matthew chapter 20 in verse 20. Please turn there. First book of the New Testament. Follow along with me, please. Matthew chapter 20 and look at verse 20. Watch this mom. Look what this mom does in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20. Then the mother of who? What's it say? Zebedee's sons, James and John, came to Jesus with her sons. Isn't it interesting how that still applies to today? Most kids know mothers. They'll say, oh, you're the mother of Jim. You're the mother of, it's like they don't even know your name. Moms, they don't even know your names, but they know who you're the mother of. And here it is. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. Can you just look picture? He's like, wait a minute, mom. You don't know what you're asking as she's kneeling. And she's got James and John with her. I mean, these are, these are mature boys. And like, mom, don't go to Jesus again, okay? I mean, just picture them. It's just this, oh, mom, you're embarrassing me. You're going to Jesus? It's not like you're standing outside and waiting for the coach and asking for more playing time. It's like, you're going to Jesus? And so look what she asked. She says, she, she asked him, can you allow my boys to sit to the right and left side of you? And he says, lady, mama, you don't know what you're asking for. Then he says this, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, the, the son said. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the 10 heard about this, the other 10 that were there, they're like, wait a minute. It says, they were even indignant. How dare you ask him to let your son sit? I want that spot. And look what happens here. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This picture is incredible here. Here's a mom that said, hey, I believe in my boys. James should be here. John should be here, Jesus. Now, what are you going to do about it? It's a picture of a mom who believes in her boys. And I guarantee you this, that those sons were confident as a result of their mother's faith and how much she believed in them. 
I watch this over and over in our world. Moms, you have a way with your words to make your children believe they can do anything. You know, on a personal note, a lot of you know my journey, but some of you don't. You know, I come from a family, and I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. We were poor, and I didn't even know it. We were on the poor, poor side. Like, I didn't know that it wasn't abnormal, that I didn't know that, that having duct tape on your shoes when the sides blew out was abnormal. I didn't know it. It's like, mom never looked at that, and she said, just grab some duct tape, Jimmy, and fix them. Okay, mom. She never let us know, like, that's what poor people do. It never, never made me feel inferior. I never sensed that somehow gravy bread, like, four or five times a week at supper was, like, that was a cheap way to eat. I never knew that mom made great gravy bread. Chip beef, tomato, milk gravy, all kinds of great. We just ate. I didn't know that that's what poor people ate. She never made us feel like we were lower class. I never knew that even coming, even coming from a divorced family at the age of five, that somehow that that, that that was lower than less. You know, I don't even remember as a kid ever going shopping for clothes. The only time that we got clothes was, was Easter. And so we'd go get a new outfit. And I was like, man, I can't wait till Easter, get a new outfits. But I never knew like other people were like getting new jeans throughout the years and shoes. It's like, well, the only time you get new clothes, isn't it Easter? I never knew that, that you weren't supposed to wear jeans with patches upon patches upon holes because I put holes in my, mom just put another patch on. I didn't know that that wasn't normal or that, that we were lower class. Mom always made us feel that we were the best of the best and the greatest of the greatest. And on some levels, I should be very insecure and weak. But just the opposite happened because my mom poured confidence into her children. I can always remember my mom pouring into me and my sister Kim and my sister Jamie and my sister Joni and my brother Ray. She would always tell us, there's nothing you can't do without Jesus Christ. You trust in Jesus, you can overcome. And so I remember, I can picture my mom sitting there and saying, Jimmy Brown, you can do anything with Jesus. You know what? I just believed her. And she poured that confidence into us day after day, day after day. Even our chant Many of you have heard this, but it's worth repeating on Mother's Day. We'd be in our Ford Country Squire station wagons with the wood panels on the side. Remember those days in the back when the, when, when, when the seatbelt was this? Your dad would hit the brake, and this was the seatbelt. You know, <laughs> remember those days? Mm, that was the seatbelt. And when you could crawl around on the top and the floor, back in the good old days, which weren't good old days. But you remember how the seats would face each other in the back in the, of a station wagon? I mean, they were death traps. But back in the days, we'd be riding along, and my mom knew. She knew something. And moms have an intuition that only moms can have. She knew that she needed to pour confidence in us because it was abnormal to be from a divorced family. And my mom taught us this chant, and we would sing it at the top of our lungs, and we'd go in our car, all right, let's do it. And she started, and she would say, rain, hail, lightning, thunder, the Browns and the Andersons will never go under, never, never, never. And so we would begin singing that, rain, hail, lightning, thunder, the Browns and the Andersons will never go under, never, never, never. And she was pouring confidence in us, trusting in God, trusting in Jesus. She made us believe that through Christ, we could do anything. And I remember, I would always love the chant. Let's do the chant again. And we would do it over and over because my mom and my stepfather had a last name that was different. But she made sure to include both. Rain, hail, lightning, thunder. The Browns and the Andersons will never go under. She poured confidence. Moms, pour those kind of words into your kids. Moms, be quick to point out their strengths and not their weaknesses. 
Moms, you don't have to live vicariously through your kids. Raise your children to be confident in Christ. Mom always had a way, even in my life, I remember in athletics, she would have a way to pull the best out of us. And I remember in fifth grade, I was in a 100-yard dash. Some of you remember 100 yards, not meters, 100-yard dash. And I remember when we had cinder tracks. You know the cinder track that went around? Now they're blacktop, really nice. Or you just had a, a field that you ran in. You had a field day. And I remember it was a fifth grade, and all the fifth graders were going to run in this 100-yard dash. And, my, and the parents came to watch. And my mom, she would look at me. She said, Jimmy, you can beat them. You can do it. I was fast. I was quick. I was a, a good athlete. But I was real short. And I remember, I can remember, I can stand her right there, and I can remember. I was on this side, and all the runners were here. And their tops of their legs came to my neck. And I remember looking up and thinking. And my mom came to the start line. She looked at me. She said, Jimmy Brown you can do this, Jimmy Brown. And she says, you know what? If you do this, I'll give you this dollar right here. Now, let me tell you, a buck 150 years ago was worth a lot of money. And so she stood there and said, I'll give you a dollar. Jimmy, you can do this, Jimmy Brown. And so, if mom believes in me, maybe I can do this. And I remember lining up and you got the starter there and I'm looking down at the end of this 100-yard dash, and there was just a string across the line, and down there at the end is my mama waving this dollar bill. <laughs> Get on your mark, it's set, go. She's screaming above her, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> and I remember running, getting to the end, and I was pretty fast. I've always been a pretty fast runner, and I'm running. These guys, they're taking three strides, and I'm taking six. It's just, you know, it's just... <laughs> and we're getting close in. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I'm getting to the end. I kept thinking, dollar bill, dollar bill, dollar bill. Man, that's 20 packs of baseball cards. Dollar bill, dollar bill, dollar bill. Get to the end, and I realized the only way I was going to win is if I would dive. And I just went into an all-out dive, head-first dive. Reached my hand out as far as I could and knocked down the ribbon and won the race. You should have seen my mom. She was like, Jimmy! <laughs> it was awesome. Now you understand why I'm the way I am. And here's why. Because my mom just told me that with Christ, Jim, you can do anything. You see, when I face obstacles today, I go back to those early stages of childhood development. And I remember my mom saying, Jim, you can do this with Christ. And so when I face new obstacles in life, I just go back and I remember the faith of my mom. And it's been passed on. And I want to pass it on to my kids. Listen to me, moms. Pass on faith. Generations to come can be impacted by your faith. Your gift of laughter is priceless. Your gift of prayer is priceless. Hannah dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord. A praying mom impacts the lifetime of a child. The greatest gift outside of salvation is prayer. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in prayer encounter Wednesday night. And I can think of moms who have wayward children just weeping and praying and interceding. Please, God, bring my children home. Please, God, bring them back. Please, God, bring them back. Listen to me, moms. Your prayers, as a result of your prayers, there are children who are running back to Jesus. Your prayer is priceless in their life. And so is your laughter. Isn't that what Proverbs 31, 25 says? Says that, that, that she can laugh at the days ahead. Are you passing on worry for the days ahead? Or are you passing on laughter for the days ahead? 
I know it's very difficult to raise children and to be a mom in our world. I know it's very difficult to be a single mom. But your children will benefit from the ability to laugh at the days ahead. Some of you really need to hear that today. Listen, you're not in this alone. You have a redeemer that went to the cross and says, give me your burdens. (laughs) Let me carry it. Drop it at his feet. Pass on life instead of worry. It costs you nothing to laugh. But the benefit of it will add years to your lives and to the lives of your children. And you won't gain anything by worrying. There's also some basic needs that moms have. And we can help meet those as husbands and as sons and daughters and friends. A mom has the basic need of being significant. And sometimes, mom, you wonder if what you're doing is significant. Yes, it is. What you do can never be replaced by a babysitter, can never be replaced by daycare, can never be replaced by your grandmother, can never be replaced by a nanny. Your children need you. That's how God designed it. You are an incredible gift to your children. It's not anything less than best. If you care for your children, it's a great gift. Don't let someone tell you any other reason why being a mother isn't the most significant thing that you can do in this stage of life. God created you to be a mom. If he didn't want you to be a mom, he wouldn't have given you children. God trusted you with his kids. Even Jesus on the cross. You want to say significance? When Jesus was on the cross in John 19, 26 to 27, You know, when I think about this encounter, I cannot get over. Jesus was saying, moms, you're significant. Moms, you're important. I mean, the savior of the world had the weight of sin on his life. He should have been thinking about pain. He should have been thinking about his his future ascension with his father. But even on the cross, Jesus in pain, he could have said anything. And some of his last words, he looks down and he sees his mother and he tells his brother, you care for her. You know what he did by saying? He looked at his mom and said, mom, even in death, mom, even in, in dying for the world, I want you to know that you are significant, mom. Her identity was surfaced even at the cross. If you don't think motherhood is important, then look with Jesus. He elevated moms at the cross in powerful way. You are significant, mom. Moms struggle with identity. Sometimes you're not sure who you are. You're just Bobby's mom and you got the blue van and you bring the snacks and you run the schedule or the prayer sheet. And just like, they walk in your life and they're, oh, you're Bobby's mom. <laughs> Got anything to eat? It's like, that's all I do. No. You have identity. And your identity is in Jesus Christ. And you're beautiful in Christ. The Bible tells us that the king is enthralled with your beauty. And your identity is in what you've invested, the deposits that you place in your kids. And let me tell you, it might not be right now, but there will come a day if you pass on that faith, that down the road, someone will say, let me tell you about my grandma. She loved Jesus. Even in your passing, there's identity. Your legacy lives on. There's a couple other things that moms basic need, just personal growth. Some of you wonder, what's it going to be like? Man, my husband, he's been the primary provider in my situation. What's going to happen when he leaves? I, mean, I haven't even had a chance to have an education like I, or learn this new stuff. And it's like, how am I going to overcome all this? And Jesus will meet you there. 
moms often put on hold so they can pour into their kids. Let me just say this. I personally believe that when you stand at the Bema seat in front of Jesus, you will be incredibly rewarded. You see, your degree and your reward might not be now. You might not get your BA or your MD or your BS, but you are given someone else an MR and an MRS and an MISS and your child becomes part of you and they live on. The greatest investment and the greatest degree that you'll ever receive is motherhood. Cherish it, celebrate it. You don't have to be anything else. Just once in a while say, I'm a mom and I'm a proud mama. Celebrate it. And some basic needs, moms need to be loved. And husbands, we can fulfill that. In light of what they do, make sure you tell your moms that you love them. Your wives that you love them. Moms, let me close by saying this. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. There's not a man alive that can do what you can do. Don't downplay that. Cherish that. Trust in God and pass the faith of Jesus Christ onto your children. And there will come a day when you stand before our creator God and he's going to say, all right, moms forward. What you did was significant and you will be rewarded. We love you, God. We're grateful for this day. It's been a good day, God. Thank you for the chance to honor moms. God, thank you for Beverly Anderson. Thanks for the investment that she had in my life. I pray, God, on the East Coast at this moment, that she would feel cherished and honored and loved. God, walk into her room wherever she's at and let her feel your presence. We love you, God. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. See you next week.